Welcome, everyone, to an episode of Maybe Next Year, uh, the podcast that is still here. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. You are getting a trimmed down, fat-free version of the pod today. We we are not going to mess around too much. Uh, Bills and Lions recap to start. Bills win the game 16 to 15. I was the guy who watched it. Um and I updated you guys a little bit throughout the game. Um, you had mentioned you might go back and kind of look over box scores or, uh, you know, even some play. I was uh, I was happy in the first half to see football myself uh, being played. That was kind of cool. Um, I kind of wanted to hold on until uh, Jake Fromm entered the game because I was sort of surprised that he didn't enter the game. Uh, and there was a there's a fella on on the Twitter who follows us or, or maybe doesn't follow us, but Google's the name uh, Jake Fromm, who was sort of a Georgia Bulldog fan. And he was very defensive of our of our friend Jake Fromm. But uh, Cam, thanks, Cam, for interacting with me on the on the on the Twitter. Um, and he did enter the game finally at the very end of the game. And he throws a key pass late in the game after the Lions rally to get the, the Bills within scoring distance. Uh, and Tyler Bass kicks a field goal, and ultimately I learned nothing about anything in this game, but I was happy to watch it. Um, Scott, did you did you you're the busiest and most important of the three of us? Did you manage to spend any time watching a preseason football game? Yeah, I watched the uh, while I was uh, my kids were watching probably a movie that I've seen 15 times before. I did watch some of the preseason game. Oh, good. Uh, Yes. So I I was um, pleased with um, what I was looking for. I, I thought, again, like as I said last week, I was looking for offensive and defensive line play because that is the two kind of positions to be where it's like if you don't go full speed, you're not going to you. There's a chance you're going to injure yourself because you don't know that the other guys are going aren't going full speed. Um, so you got to kind of bring it. Plus, uh, with the Bills' depth situation on both lines, we were not in a position where we were going to be resting a lot of key guys. Um, whereas at like linebacker, you know, we're rolling out there with basically, you know, Matikavich, Dodson. I'm not sure Klein was on the field or not, but obviously he's number three anyway. Um, you know, and and White sitting, um, you know, Diggs out, uh, Allen only getting one series. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna get a real chance to evaluate the skill position position guys so obviously i was pleased to see rousseau get the sack i think the defensive line played well against uh mostly starting offensive line for the lions um and not uh not a bad one there's some talent on that um lions offensive line and i think they they more than um held their own i think to the extent that the lions were able to move the ball down the field it was mostly against um again a second string linebackers i think the lions fans would point out that they didn't have tj hawkinson on the field and and um I think Brashad Perriman is their other wide receiver who wasn't playing. But, you know, it's, you know, we didn't have Trey White. So it, you got to kind of do a little bit of adjustments. But I think all things considered, I was pleased with how the defense performed in general, but especially the defensive line. Um, I think on offense, I think I saw some pretty good running room here and there for, for the run game, which obviously is something that I think we're, you know, that what they keep on saying is they, I think they want to see more of it. But I don't think they want to see more of it. They want a more productive run game. Um, right. I think there's no doubt that Josh Allen and the the, the passing offense is how this team's going to put the most points on the board. But there is a at, at some point the demar- the uh, the marginal value of throwing another pass versus changing it up and having an effective run play um, does end up 
um, keeping defenses honest, making the rest of the class plays work better, making your play action more effective, all of those other things. Um, so I am in favor of them continuing to work on the run game. It's not going to be perfect, but it is, um, you know, the offense needs to continue to improve. And uh, there's a lot more room for improvement there than there is on the passing side on some of them. So, uh, right. yeah, that, that was that was my take on the preseason game. Paul? All right. Well, as I watch 16 minutes of highlights of this game, I will limit my analysis to 32 minutes, therefore two minutes of each piece of Perfect. game action uh, that I watched. Uh, seriously, since Scott did such a good job covering the game itself, and you'll have the most feedback, Frank, based on the fact that you watched the game, uh, most of the game in full, I'll keep in mind of more of the implications of, of what happened with this preseason game. What was of interest to me were some of the people who were uh, healthy scratches, do not dresses. One of the, the big ones that jumped out to me was uh, Taiwan Jones, who obviously I'm getting the impression that if they were going to not play him, and instead they had Antonio Williams and Matt Breida and Devin Singletary out there with Zach Moss injured. Uh, that must be a good sign that they're heavily leaning towards keeping Jones on the roster, which gives us some idea of what they're yeah. going to do with running back position. Whereas come drive nine, the last drive of the game, the from comeback drive, there was Antonio Williams on the field. So he might be looking at a practice squad type spot. Same with a, a guy like Duke Williams, who was a part of this roster years ago, Marquez Stevenson. Great job, May Hall, in that catch on that last touchdown drive. But again, he wasn't a guy who was even on the field until this fifth or sixth drive of the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, for the most part, I think he played a, he was on the third drive briefly for a play or two. Uh, but otherwise not out there. So you get the impression he's got an uphill battle. You get the impression Jay Kumrow, especially based on the practices that have followed the preseason game, seems to have solidified his spot pretty well. An interesting question is whether Jake Fromm or Davis Webb did do enough to be on the active roster or at least draw the attention of other NFL teams that if they do yeah. get caught, they're not just going to be one to the Bills practice squad and one onto the street. Will they both have jobs on another team's 53-man roster if they don't have a job on the Bills roster? From what I saw, they they did, again, from the highlights, they both had moments. They both performed well. They were not perfect. You do not expect them to be in their first preseason game. And the other thing I want to say is take everything I've said with a grain of salt because we only have three preseason games this year, so the coaches may be approaching things certainly a little differently, which is maybe why Daryl Johnson and Boogie Basham and guys who are expected to make the roster are on the field for the last uh, defensive drive. So I'll give one last shout-out, and that's to... Harrison Phillips, who I've looked at as a guy who's on the outside looking in on this roster. Scott had mentioned the Rousseau sack. Watch what Phillips did on the interior there to collapse that pocket. And that that could be a good sign for his role and maybe not so good a sign for for Vernon Butler. But, yeah, I was uh, I was I was like Scott, pleased with what I've read in the limited action I saw. Um, I was just want to give a quick uh, double shout out to Tyler Bass, who. Yeah. has one of the few jobs in the preseason that basically stays the same. Like it's one of the positions and things you do that is basically the same as what you would do in the regular season. And so it's nice to see him, you know, three for three and, and an extra point, um, you know, sort of a pressure situation at the end of the game, trying to win it. But it was nice to see him kind of go out and, and do his thing. Um, as for Webb and Fromm, you know, certainly, uh, you know, I think Webb, was a little bit better against a little bit better talent. Trubisky was, I mean, he, he threw two passes. It's, it's not even worth mentioning. Um, and, uh, Webb throws the only touchdown to Devin Singletary of all people. Um, and certainly Sal may, uh, Sal Mayorana, uh, no, uh, Sal Capaccio has speculated, 
that with Moss down, Singletary could be becoming the the feature back. And as you mentioned, Taiwan Jones held back. So he he looks like he might make it. And nothing overly impressive from Brita or or Williams. And and honestly, Jake Fromm until that last big pass. Um so, you know, take it all with a grain of salt. Uh certainly um they'll be naming uh the worst player of the of the preseason the Bobby Hart Award because that <laughs> dude that guy got blown the, to smithereens a couple of times. I and, saw a great uh, pun on Twitter that said calling Bobby Hart a turnstile is an affront to turnstiles. Right. Definitely there was some calls for if he plays, Josh Allen doesn't, sort of. <laughs> like definitely no Josh Allen until he's released. Um and I think that's it for this game because it gets us into the 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 five names uh who were released and, and Hart not amongst them though. Uh Markel Harrell, Caleb Benick, uh Benat Benat Bene. Your your uh, guess is as good as mine. I yeah. want to go with Benenoche. Benenoche. Yeah, yeah, right. Good note. Almost get, you know, Benenote. Yeah. Uh sure and it's not, uh, sure it's not It could be. I have a good be, little story for this. Yeah. yeah, it could be. Um Cyrus tweet out now if i if i had prepared for this we could have done real yeah I, I think you're going to pronounce the last name fine but these yeah, the, the mike first bell ones. and uh eli anku uh so three offensive linemen a defensive tackle and light linebacker mike bell uh but we could have definitely done are these harry potter characters or are they are they football players that are no longer in the bills and you would be right if you guessed the latter um yeah, I legit never heard of any of these five right. guys. I mean, maybe I read some of their names on the preseason acquisition wire, but I paid them no heed. So I am not going to ask you what you think about these cuts. Uh, I'm just going to mention them, and you're welcome to talk about them, but don't if you have nothing to say. We're going <laughs> to we're going to roll that in um, with our talk about the injuries so far in camp, including Zach Moss and the don't worry about it, but worry about it, Stefan Diggs amongst others, and any thoughts that we have on Deion Dawkins' um, uh, discussion of his COVID. Uh, he was sick with COVID. He was in the hospital for four days. He's three weeks behind camp. He's lost 30 to 40 pounds. Um, and uh, to sort of have, because after the game on Monday, there was definitely uh, McDermott had, it sounded like he had called him out and saying, well, he's just not in shape and there's a lot of work to be done. And when it comes from a coach, it can sound like, you're 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 trying to hammer a guy to work harder and the next day he comes out and i think it was just they might have even put him out there to see if he wanted to talk about it to make clear that this isn't a question of Dion dawkins having done something wrong this is a question of Dion duncan you know coming back from you know a hospital bed and so uh it was it was certainly um enlightening again i don't know if enlightening is the right word because i feel like we do know these things about how bad it can be. It certainly was frightening for him. You could tell it was a real, real situation for him. Um, I appreciate him sharing his story. Um, and I'm glad that he's well. I am glad that he is well enough to even be on the team, kind of working his way back into football shape. And, and there is a month left. Um, but I am I am worried about Stefan Diggs, even though they tell me not to worry because the man is in street clothes all the time now and I keep getting told not to worry. And I don't know, like he should be doing a little something and I'm sure he is somewhere back there in the back where no one can see what he's doing, but uh, it's starting to freak the hell out of me because he hasn't done anything I think in 10 days now. Um, But let's, let's kick it to Scott first because Paul just talked. Um, So Scott, do you want to talk about injuries or Deion Dawkins 
or uh, heaven forbid you have a thought on the cuts <laughs> yeah i mean mike bell i mean i don't know how you know coach sean mcdermott can look at mike bell in the eye and not say he's done enough to make it to the 85 man roster um no I, uh, <laughs> no i don't um dion yeah no i mean i'm glad yeah i think it's good that he came out i mean i think it helps it helps people be aware that you know this is a real thing that happens that there are consequences um to the decisions that you make in life um and you know even even making the right decision but not making it soon enough can even have um consequences on some level so i think um you know obviously the most important thing is that he's healthy that everyone in his family is healthy um hopefully you know it sounds like they're even working him back in already back onto the team you know mcdermott was very much poo-pooing it and trying to be like well He's not anywhere close. Obviously, some of that is trying to take pressure off of Dawkins um, for doing. Obviously, he's got, you know, he's he needs to be healthy, uh, A, for himself and B, for the team before he can really do anything. But it sounds like he's even getting involved with practice um, today. I think I saw in the camp report, mm-hmm. so that's good. Um, getting to injuries. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I'm worried. But ultimately, like, this is one of the ones where, especially for wide receivers, you know, they're the they're the the Ferrari, the the very highly tuned machine where even one thing being off can throw off, can start causing other problems. So I'd rather get him a hundred percent to start the season than worry about him getting like perfect timing with Allen. You know, obviously I think at this point, you know, he'd be practicing the week before the Steelers game week one. Um, I, I think McDermott's kind of trying to let people know that's a thing. I think based on the off season work that we know that they were doing, I'm not really that concerned. And obviously you know, we have other weapons. You don't want to go into week one without him. Um, but I think I'm, I'm not terribly concerned. I'm not saying Frank is, but I'm, I'm not <laughs> terribly concerned. Yeah, we're still we're still ways out. So our opener is September 12th. So we're looking at 25 days. So three weeks, four days. It's a lot of time uh, to overcome injury. So, yeah, as of today. Not worried about digs, though Frank brought up the the point like you would, but we should at least start worrying about whether or not we should start to worry. So, you know, I'm not right now. If we're having the same conversation next week, there might be a little more worry okay. in there. So with, uh, you know, Zach Moss, I again, that's it's tough for him, but I don't think that affects the Bills plans too much. Tommy Sweeney's apparently in a boot that could hurt his roster shot. And obviously uh, Christian Wade and Forrest Lamp are still out that those are both guys who are on the, uh, you know, on the very edge of the roster, Wade probably on the outside looking in for sure. But, you know, it's a shame that they're, they've not had a chance to, you know, really kind of work themselves into things onto the, the, the big one Uh, besides Stefan Diggs is of course, Deion Dawkins. Uh, you know, I was walking to the Washington Nationals game yesterday and I passed the bar and I saw Dion's face on ESPN. So they are clearly giving him some coverage of, of what happened. Uh, that was a shame. I think, you know, I remember being 13 days after my second shot and still wearing a mask and thinking, do I really need to wear this? And then uh, I look back and say, yeah, I, I guess I'm glad I did wear it to church 13 days after my second shot because Dion, as Scott said, he made the right decision. He just didn't make it in time and then it and then it then it becomes a problem and uh, thankfully for him he did get it because as you know he said himself if he didn't get the 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 two shots imagine what his reaction could have been otherwise you know it, it could have been really really we could be having a much different discussion right now if he didn't get that shot so yes but on to the less serious football portion of it 
you know, Josh isn't going to see the field until Dion does. I don't think in a preseason game, uh, you just can't depend on anyone at left tackle to protect him right now. Besides Dion, hopefully Dion gets a chance to work himself into game shape, maybe gets a, a little more playing time in the third preseason game than a veteran would get just to try and get him there a little bit to get the weight gain on. You hope the fatigue doesn't follow him around all year. I think that's the one I'm most concerned about, just knowing the long-term uh, impacts that we have seen from coronavirus and what they can have. So I would put him as injury one that concerns me and Diggs as injury two and the rest all kind of tied for, for third. Huzzah. Well, that is where we are in camp and uh, all that stuff. And I think the the thing about this time of year, it's all wait and see because there, you, you can't know everything. You can't watch everything and they're not even showing it to you. And, and uh, no one's doing anything for real anyway. Uh, I mean, I would guess I wouldn't call practice not for real. But um, we have this day in Bill's headlines. I am told it is a special treat edition. It is. And, and if we go through it quickly enough. I may have cobbled together a brief who's Ooh. bad take that Excellent. is not that is not good, but would prep our listeners for what might be a transition going forward. But let's let's see where how we do with this day in Bill's headlines. All right. We will uh, push forth with this day in Bill's headlines. This is the special. Paul has had a crazy work uh, week edition and did not have time to do research. But thankfully, there's a huge headline I can just milk. So what we're going to do, I will give you the headline, you will fill in the blank. Then I will continue to read some of this article and you gentlemen will fill in other blanks as we go and we'll see how we do. So this is a UPI article from, remember UPI? They used to rank college football teams and stuff back in the day. Right. Yeah. This is from August 18th, 1986. So exactly 35 years ago today. Blank signs record contract with Buffalo Bills, making him the highest paid player in NFL history. I do know this answer, Scott. I think this is Jim Kelly. That would be, in fact, Jim Kelly. All right, blank number two. Jim Kelly signed a five-year blank million-dollar contract with the Bills. I think it was like $30 million. I I don't know if it was that much. I it might have been like, less. It was like, I think it was like, I was going to say like 12. But he, uh, yeah, so I'll just say 12. Yeah, Scott is much, much closer on this. Uh, oh five boy. years, $8 million. They were not the TV <laughs> contracts then. Not the TV contracts then that we have now. 12. Oh, Jim. Not, not Joe Montana. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, Montana would then get like a five-year, $8.5 million deal right <laughs> after this to surpass him because he was pissed. Uh, Kelly passed for 83 touchdowns in two seasons with the USFL's blank. Houston Gamblers. Houston Gamblers. Um, Bill's coach Blank said he was looking forward to having Kelly ready for the upcoming NFL season. This is a tougher one. This coach was fired 13 games into that season, replaced with a gentleman named Marv Levy. Oh, good. I was going to guess Marv Levy. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I forget who this is, but I will say that I have a 1985 Jim Kelly Houston Gamblers football card. Uh, oh, that's a that's a cool card to have. Yeah. Uh, the correct answer, unless Scott wants to jump in. Uh, Jake Kumarow. Jake mm -hmm. Kumarow. Hank Bulla is the correct Bulla. answer on this one. Um, did you do uh, Bill's owner, Ralph Wilson Jr. and general manager blank were in Houston over the weekend and proposed the deal to Kelly and his agents. Wait, sorry, Ralph and who? Ralph and general manager blank. Right. So uh, uh, this is... Polian? 
Bill Polian, Scott jumps yeah. in with that one. Good job. Uh, good job, Scott. All right. Um, to do that was not the one I wanted to do. Uh, Kelly's acquisition has been the talk of the state's second largest city since the bills were given permission by the NFL last week to confer with him. Even Governor Blank sent a tele telegram to Kelly urging him to sign with Buffalo. A telegram. Yeah. I'm not making that's that got to be Mario Cuomo. Mario Cuomo for once. Uh, <laughs> for once, Frank says Mario Cuomo, and that's the Cuomo he meant. <laughs> All right, and uh, this is the second last one. Kelly was guaranteed eight hundred thousand dollars by New Jersey Generals owner blank and threatened to sit out the season if the Bills did not meet his contract demands. Former President Donald Trump. Donald Trump is correct. And the last one, Buffalo's in this one you guys won't get even though I've used it twice before. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo's inability to sign linebacker blank in 1982 led to picking <laughs> up rights to Kelly. Buffalo traded blank's rights to the Cleveland Browns in return for the Browns top pick in the 83 draft. Yep, this does sound familiar, and yep. I, have, I have learned nothing. <laughs> Webster. Uh, good old Webster's Tom Cousineau. Tom Cousineau. Yeah, Tom, but we, we will always forget you in this headline. So that was uh, a, a half-assed effort, but still a fun one for this day in Bill's headlines for August 18th. You know, what's funny is in the episode I listened to, you mentioned Tom. You've been making Tom Cousineau jokes since episode two, Paul. Oh, wow. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I, I, I talk, at one point, it's, you'll, it will stick with you guys. At one point, I'll, I'll drive Tom Cousineau into your brains. So, in, and, and Paul, I, and feel free to do your, your thing that you said you wanted to do. I don't know exactly what it was, but oh, yeah. we, we've been doing, we're going to do Wacky Schedule next week. I think we have enough time to go through what is, what is, absolutely a piss poor version of Paul's who's bad take this week. It will get better. We have all had terrible weeks. Right. I'll, week. I'll, I'll tell my quick, uh, I Please told Frank do. I was going to tell this quick uh, 45 second story of in the 1970s, there was a young wrestler by the name of Terry Balea and mm -hmm. he was watching this other wrestler named superstar Billy Graham uh, acting arrogant. He had this long blonde hair. He dressed really ostentatiously. He really played up to the crowd and he thought, hmm, maybe I can take this gimmick and make it mine. And that man became Hulk Hogan. Right. Similarly, uh, I have now had Who's Bad Take co-opted for me. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Frank, no, thanks for taking this over. And it's, uh, you know, great well, to have great to have you involved in this trivia segments. Thank you. I Well, first of all, we always wanted to give you an option to guess because you're always coming up with the good segments. So for me, I'm viewing it more as you're still like the manager and I, you know, you, you have all these investment options. You're going to make reap all the, the awards. I might start calling it who's bad take presented by Paul. Um, oh, yes. It's like Ruth's Chris Paul. Steakhouse. Yes. Which every time I think about that steakhouse, I have to look up why it's called Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Um, and I always forget much like, uh, you know, Tom Cousineau. Um, so <laughs> for this episode, I listened to some old episodes and unfortunately we didn't have a lot of bad takes i would like to say that if you go back and listen to like the second episode we are so prepared for the draft in 2012 it is delightful how chipper and how much energy we have and we're all in the same room and the jokes are bouncing off each other and it's perfect it's exactly why we started a podcast and i think i think we should stick with it guys i think we should um not so shit show. yeah right <laughs> now now whatever the hell this turned into right um, so this, these are not exactly bad takes, okay, because they're hard to find. But what I did was we got to the end of the episode, and I, I had asked all of us 
to mention who our dream draft pick would be, okay, and then who our more realistic draft pick would be for the Buffalo Bills. Um, and we're going to talk about this because of one wonderfully mispronounced name that is going to that is going to be fantastic. Um, so our first person was a little wishy-washy, okay, um, but largely said he felt like if Matt and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not getting exact quotes like like Paul did, um, because it's just really about the names. Matt Khalil would be probably his dream pick. But really, his more realistic pick would be Riley Reef, and he was really excited if Riley Reef was still going to be on the board. I have a backup clue for 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 person number one for later if we need it. Uh, the second person, his fantasy pick was Andrew Luck, and when pressed on whether that was a a fantasy or a dream pick, this person said that they dream much bigger than the other two of them, um, and he was excited because this dream pick um, could, quote, sit behind Fat Fitzpatrick for a year or two and learn something, which in retrospect is a fabulous <laughs> about Andrew Luck sitting behind, Fitch behind Fitzpatrick. That said, which one of those two guys is still playing in the league? Yeah, I, I, I did think of that. Um, and He's got him on that. And then yeah. One this, of them's starting this year and one of them's retired. Um. And then their 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 backup, their more realistic pick was Riley Reef. Um, a lot then, of Reef lovers on this right. This pop, yeah. And then the third person said Riley Reef or Michael Floyd because they wanted to help out the quarterback. Okay, and they thought that a wide receiver could really help. Um, and their claim to fame was they didn't want to select a project quarterback this year because other than Luck and and Griffin, there wasn't much. T Ryan Tannehill's name comes up a lot in this episode. Um, but this person said, if I had to pick one, I'd be looking for Kellen Moore, um, the Boise State quarterback who went undrafted, did not know about Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, or Nick Foles. Um, so the big hint for the fans right there. If right. You know anything about didn't know, didn't know those three names. Yeah, um, these all qualify as bad takes, so I think we're good. Uh, yes. On this. Yeah, uh, yeah, this this is the, the creme de la creme, though, was the extended conversation about a linebacker from Boston College. Does anybody know who the linebacker from Boston College was in 2012? Oh, it would have been Luke Keekley, but we probably mangled his name horrifically. <laughs> oh, boy. We, we were well convinced that his name was Coochley. And <laughs> we he was in Bell's practice this week. Go to Luke Coochley. And we talked about... <laughs> <laughs> that was my my follow-up clue if you guys didn't know we talked about nicknames for him like uh squeezing the cooch and popping the cooch and the cooch was really oh, gonna no knock good. him down and he's super mature too uh, really the golden age it was yeah because we were talking about how he one of one of us said that you know uh the you know bills fans would come up with a, a really good nickname for him you know the cooch and uh, and then I and then one of us said, "Are you sure it's Cooch?" And, and the other was like, "It's definitely Cooch." There's like no no doubt that it's not Cooch. <laughs> so um, so the first person would have been Matt Khalil, Riley Reef, or Mike Adams. Um, and then the second person was Andrew Luck, who wanted them to sit behind him to sit behind Fitzpatrick, and then Riley Reef. Um, 
And then the third person was Riley Reefer, Michael Floyd, to help out the quarterback, but did not think and would have would have picked up Kellen Moore as a project quarterback if needed. So wow, I um I now I now I really feel like I can't make fun of you guys anymore because this is tough. I think I think I got it. I got I think I got a decent read on it. Do you want to take okay. a step? I, I would say I'm going to guess the last one, the Michael Floyd one. I'm going to say that's that's me, you know, wide receiver, Notre Dame. That was my thought, but I'm open to interpretation. Okay. I, I think you're on the I think you're on the right track there. OK, okay. so then the first one, first one was uh, or the second one was the Andrew Luck. We dream too small. I think. Oh, do you think that's you, Scott? Uh, who, 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 which of the first two people, uh, picked three offensive linemen? The first person oh, picked the offensive Scott. linemen. That's right. So it's got, you got to be that's, the rival. That's a big dreamer. And then who's, who's willing to believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than Andrew Luck? Yeah, that's, that's got to be Frank. Okay. So you guys are going Scott, Frank, Paul. I think, is, yeah, I feel, I, I feel that's good. I'm, yeah. yeah. I, I okay. think, I think. I, I almost remember making this, this is a very Scott play for three offensive linemen. Well, since there's no drama with the first one here, yes, the the backup clue for the first one was that he wanted to. He figured that a quarterback named Russell Wilson would still be there in the fifth round. Oh yeah, then that we would know old. for sure it was Scott. He didn't make it to. He didn't make it to the fifth round, but you, not make it to fifth. you were you at least said his name, which which yeah. was better yeah. than anybody else on the board. Um, okay. So you were the first person. Absolutely. You went with three offensive linemen. Here's your backup clue for these number two to see if you want to switch. Oh, the switch and door strategy. Yep. All right. The second person who you said is Frank. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I, I, once I say this, you're going to know. Um, the other two people lambasted this person and said that the difference between dreams and fantasy is you are the only person in this room who's not married. And that's why <laughs> you have bigger fantasies than the rest of us. Well, I guess Scott and I are switching doors then. Yeah. 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 Uh, Paul, Paul, in fact, uh, was willing to go all the uh, way to the top of the board and embrace the uh, fantasy and take Andrew Luck. And, uh, you know, okay. apparently apparently couched <laughs> or, or, or cooch that, uh, if you will, uh, with the idea that, um, you know, he could learn something from Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I don't doubt that there's something Ryan Fitzpatrick could have taught him. Like, wow. Where the cafeteria was. <laughs> Again, I stand been, by. He's going to be an NFL that. starter for a potential playoff team this year, and yeah. others been out of the league for three seasons. Yes, uh, and I, I was the person who said Reefer Michael uh-huh. Floyd, um, uh-huh. and and as it turned out, uh, Riley Reef was on the board. They didn't take him, and he's had an unremarkable career as an offensive lineman. Um, you know, I don't. I can't exactly say he's been bad, but he certainly wasn't. Top yeah, he doesn't 10. have any honors of any sort. Yeah, right. checking Wikipedia. Yes, but I will note I was married within 18 months of that. Yes, so, yes. yes. Yeah, just at the time yeah. you were Put it on the board. Right. We had a we had a great we had a great conversation with you about that. Yeah. Um. And so that was that was our our second episode overall. So what, what what was that year then? What who was who was the that was twenty was that twenty twelve? Oh yeah, that's that, I guess that's the bonus question. Who did the Buffalo Bills take in twenty twelve? We kept thinking 
I literally uh, just looked it up. So okay, okay, I'll try and guess. It was he EJ worked. was 2013. So who did we get the year before EJ? We got Watkins in 2014 to help out EJ. I'll tell you, it wasn't a running back because we were all worried. It right, was 2010 was Spiller. I'm gonna 11 and 12 are gonna be tougher for me. 10 was Spiller, 13 was Manuel, 14 was Watkins. So 11 and 12. I'm trying to think of who the Bills wasted picks on. 2011. Let me double check it. Okay, here we go. This this is your clue, Paul, and then we're gonna move mm-hmm. on here. All 2011. Right. Buffalo Bills um, was probably their first good defensive pick in a while. Let's see. He had a he had a a actually this must be the second season because I think we we were we were doing football this because definitely it's the one of the more famous names of a podcast incorporates his name. Oh, Darius was because Darius was the third overall pick in 2011. Right. That's right. And in 2012, um, All right. so 2011, we, we finished like six and ten. That's when we kind of uh, looked like we were going to do great. And then Freddie got hurt. We started like five and two and then things went downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this position as a, a needing for depth, even though we were all sort of thinking the offensive line probably needed help. Instead, we went on the other side of the football and okay. drafted somebody who be- was it. And- no. Wasn't and Alonzo? He was a second-round pick. No, he. Had, this man ended up signing a very large contract with a different football team in the division. Stephon Gilmore. There Stop. you go. Ah, it's not so easy, is it? No, it is. Yeah, it's a little, maybe we should put Paul in the hot seat one of these days. Yeah, well, yeah. We, this is good because maybe I can work a, a, a you know, like a trivia-style question in. As I do these. The second it was the second you said big contract and it was clear as defense, and then I'm like, oh, yep, that's that's gonna be Gilmore. Darn it. That's okay. Well, well I got there. You got there, and good job. And and yeah. and Scott didn't. Well, Scott looked it up. That's why. So that's yeah, why he I didn't. Right. Normally he'd be helping you. Well, the Bills are gonna play the Bears. Um, and I, I think that was actually a pretty good segment as it turned yeah, out. Well, I, I was well worried done. that it was gonna be lame, but yeah. we, we, we for, got it. for for yeah for you know the I think that worked perfectly. Now okay. shut up so we can actually get done on time. Right. So I have a meeting in twelve minutes. Yes, uh, <laughs> Bills are, are gonna play the Bears. Um, I just saw a quote from Andy Dalton that said, uh, literally, he said it like fifteen minutes ago. Um, Justin Fields is gonna have a great career. He's gonna have a good time. I'm exci- basically saying I'm excited for him too, but my time is now. <laughs> Andy Dalton is coming for the starting job for the Bears, and I have no idea who's going to play for the Bears. I have no idea who's going to play for the Bills. So, Paul, um, who wins, a Buffalo or a Bear? And give us your attention level to this game that you can guess for a Saturday. Right. I think the issue is uh, you don't know, and this is a mild, wacky schedule right here, that we're talking about what kind of bear and what is the setting. Polar bear, Arctic, going to beat the buffalo. You know, uh, smaller brown bear, uh, American plains, probably going to go with the buffalo on that one. Okay. So th- that makes it a tougher, tougher decision. Uh, but that's that's a discussion for another day. Uh, I will probably actually watch some of this game since it's not such a, a high time as Friday night like the last one was. And, you know, I would really I'd be interested in seeing them both. Uh, I, I'd want to see how they do against a veteran in Dalton on defense to, you know, just see what they're going to, you know, what he brings. And I also want to see how they're going to react to rookie QBs because the Bills this year will face a lot of rookie QBs likely with New England, certainly going to face it with Jacksonville, uh, the Jets, no doubt. That's two games right there. So I kind of want to see how they handle things against a rookie quarterback where they typically had a lot of success. So I'll be keeping a special eye on the 
defensive side of the ball on offense. I don't think Josh plays in this one. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to wait till Dion is back and healthy enough to really actually protect him and maybe give them a quarter together in the third and final preseason game. I would like to see a little more of Mitch Trubisky in this game, just because he will, uh, you know, he could be a key part of this team. God forbid anything happened to Josh for multiple games. Uh, you know, it would be handy to have him there. I also want to see them, you know, give some more. I, I assume Diggs will be out. I want to see them go a little bit pass heavy early on just to see if Diggs, God forbid, is out for week one of the season. How are you going to flip around Davis and Sanders and Beasley and then work in perhaps Kumrau or McKenzie into the offense a little bit more? Uh, so I want to see them give a little more playing time to those guys. Uh, because I'm a Bills fan, I will pick the Bills in this one because they have not lost a preseason game since 2018, I want to say. And I will say that the Bills win this 28 to 24. It's a it's a revenge game for Mitch Trubisky, Scott. So yes, if that right. sways you. That's a big uh, one. It's actually, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of vengeance in this game. Uh, looking at the Bears roster, I see uh, former Bill Marquise Goodman on here. And I'm going to blow your mind with something. 17-year veteran Jason Peters. He's with the Bears? Yeah. When did that happen? I don't know. I mean, it was obviously over the offseason because he was with the Eagles still last year. Yeah, but 17-year veteran Jason Peters. I mean, it's it's him. It's 6'4", 328, Arkansas. Like, that's, yeah, he's been around forever. Yeah, you're definitely right. I think he signed, oh, he signed on August 16th. So he signed Monday, apparently. (laughs) There it is. Well, there you go. Um, That's yeah, it. so anyway, uh, I will also take the Bills because uh, it's uh, why I pick against them in the preseason. Um, I will be interested to see what they look. I will be hope. I mean, I, I want to see a good game. I don't really care. I would like to see us get through the game without any injuries. I would like to see us. Um, I think the Bears defense is going to be a slightly better than the Lions defense. So that to me puts a little more pressure on the offense to kind of move the ball. So I'd like to see us be able to do that with the backups. Um, but I also am very cognizant of the fact that this is still the preseason. So, yeah, as long as we get through it with no further injuries, uh, that's that's job one. Um, I am going to watch some of this game for sure. And I am also excited that CM Punk might be there because the rumor has it he will make his big debut Friday night for AEW. Um, so what I am going to say is the Bears might be riding high uh, on the uh, – on the on the clobbering genius of the of the best in the world, um, and I think they might sneak one out here uh, and beat the Bills, but that's okay because we need them a little humble before the season starts. You got to remember where you start, where you're coming from, and where you're going, and who you are. And if you don't know who you are, uh, you can go ahead and tweet us your questions about your identity at MNY Bills or bbillsmny at gmail.com. Search Buffalo Bills maybe next year on Google. You'll find the podcast. Share it with a friend. Look, we're under we're under 40 minutes. We're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. We'll come back with more uh, chatter next week. We'll, 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 we'll um, you know, we'll fill it out a little bit better maybe next time. But it's the preseason. You know, we're resting our starters as well. Until then, thank you so much for listening. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody. <laughs>